Before we start today's episode, I just want to go ahead and reach out to the returning fans and even new listeners. If you'd like to just take one minute to go ahead and follow the podcast and uh, give us a quick rating, check out our social media accounts if you have the time. It only takes a minute or two. It's going to help us a lot. Our goal is just to grow the podcast and reach as many people as possible. We're not trying to sell you anything. That's all we ask for. So if you like, go ahead and just take the couple minutes to do that for us. We'd greatly appreciate it. We appreciate you anyway, but it, it would help us a lot. So thank you. Let's get right into the episode. Welcome everybody to the True Dreamers Podcast. I'm your host today, Isaac Almaguer, here with my co-host, Joaquin, and we're actually missing the other two. So if you're a returning listener, sorry, if you're a returning listener, you would know that we normally have Juan and Philip. Unfortunately, Juan is not feeling too good, and Philip had to leave a little early today before we started the podcast. So we're going to go ahead and bless them and pretend like they were here. We're going to go ahead and um, try to relay the information and the value they had for the podcast today. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to be too accurate as at least as accurate as they would be because again they're they're great at explaining their own things and they add their value in their own ways so there's no way they could be replaced but we're going to try our best to relay the information they were going to to tell y'all today speaking of the information we're going to tell y'all today it's actually going to be about emotions i like to explain this as the emotional diet just because that's how i was able to understand it and we're going to kind of explain that but we're pretty much going to be going over emotions, how to use them. Can they be good? Can they be bad? How much is too good? All that good stuff. Um, personally, I obviously learned to understand emotions a lot in the in the in the past few months, especially in my new um, job path. I've learned to see different emotions. Um, I guess experience different emotions myself. A whole bunch of things and as well as my friends as well. They've they've all experienced new emotions here in the past few months and it's just great to learn about them and how they work, the nature of them and um how to use them to your advantage. So starting the podcast, I would actually like to go straight into I guess happiness, which would be my portion. That's the part I kinda went into. I'll just explain it now. I went into happiness. Juan did a little more depth into fear. Joaquin did anger and Philip was going to do sadness. So again, we're going to try to relay that information as well as we can. Anyways, when it comes to diet, when it comes to emotions, I looked at it as the same thing. Again, I like to kind of correlate things like that. That's how I understand it better. And fitness and diet, stuff like that, if you know me, is um, kind of my thing. And um, anytime I can relate it to fitness or diet, bodybuilding, whatever, I really understand it well. So that's just how I was able to do it. Those are your roots right there, dude. Yeah, that's what like. (laughs) That's what I like the, a lot right now, so and that's what kind of built my mentality. So when I can relate anything to that, for sure, I understand it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So kind of explaining that, the way I was going to explain it is emotions in diet, right? There's like a palate, and is there a perfect palate? No, of course not. Just like there's not a perfect diet for anyone, it doesn't exist. But when it comes to certain aspects of our emotions, like happiness, sadness, fear, um, those things, we kind of look at it as the macronutrients, which would be like the carbs, protein, fats, and then all the other little things that happen that we experience like joy, pride, um, you know, temptations, things like that. Those are like the micronutrients. So those those are the smaller things, but which all at the end of the day can have a big effect depending on how you look at it. Right. Anyways, kind of going into it, let's start with happiness. The way I kind of want to look at it is that like proteins or maybe some other macronutrients, a lot of us tend to lack a certain aspect of it. In this world, a lot of us lack organic happiness. Organic happiness, what I mean by that, is just something that we find naturally within us from our environment. Uh, Just like food, this world is filled with a bunch of artificial versions of happiness. 
how can we get organic happiness though i'm I, I guess you're probably wondering right it's kind of hard to explain that but organic happiness is like i said it's going to come from within it's going to come from your environment well isaac how can i actually change my environment to get that organic happiness well it kind of starts cutting out a lot of those artificial and processed versions of it right or creating your own what i mean by creating your own which i know you're probably like well that sounds kind of artificial you're creating your own happiness no it kind of comes from within, which is like how I'm saying you're creating your own, you're creating your own organic from your own, I guess, quote, farm, which would be your head. Um, what I mean by that exactly is there's a bunch of different techniques you can use based on your environment. You can set different cues to certain things that lead you to do things that make you happy. So, for example, one example I like to pick a little technique that I found that I use here and there is the three breath and smile technique. What that really means, it's like a little hack, or in this case, a diet hack, is what it has to do is um, you take the, it's exactly what it sounds like. You take three deep breaths, and then you smile. This isn't some magic technique. It's not going to just automatically make you happy. What it's supposed to do is be a cue. So your, you begin to associate that behavior with happiness, right? So when you take those three deep breaths and you smile, obviously it's not going to make you automatically happy right away, but those one that one 30 seconds to one minute of you just doing an action to kind of reset will kind of prepare your mind and reassess the situation and it like i said it it almost associates the action with happiness so when next time you do that action you know that everything's okay you know that you're happy and you know that you could handle whatever situation it is or whatever it might be right so like i had mentioned already you're probably like well that sounds pretty artificial right you're creating it um from an external event sure i guess i could see how you might think that but when I think of artificial, I think more of like copying or mimicking, right? So when you try to mimic or copy someone else's happiness, that's where it becomes really processed and artificial because mm -hmm. it's not real, right? And where that comes from a lot is the media, really. I mean, we, we're taught and we're seeing certain things every single day and it's just really fake. And a lot of people try to base their happiness off that, right? So they don't have the big house. They don't have the nice car. They don't have someone else's life. They kind of relate them, relate that to their life, even though they're not the same and they shouldn't do that. And then they kind of start to believe that they're not happy because the other person is, quote unquote, happy, right? So that's where a lot of the like, the artificial and processed versions of happiness comes from is really just the media and society in general, right? And we got to find our own organic ways, our own healthy ways of dealing with it, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that it's unhealthy to eat a bunch of processed and, um, and artificial things. I mean, we know that. That's just science. And that's how I was able to relate it to, to diet is because when you do the same thing to your own body, it hurts when you do the same thing to your emotions it hurts your emotions so another way to kind of look at it is like as processed happiness too just another example to kind of put it into perspective is like cigarettes for example a lot of people smoke a cigarette and they think that the cigarette action the action of smoking the cigarette is what's making it happy right even though it's not in fact it's actually completely destroying you same way with literally scrolling through social media and comparing yourself to to kim kardashian to tom brady to andrew tate that stuff is unhealthy. You think it's making you feel good because you're like, oh, you know, this is the life I want. But at the same time, you tell yourself you can't get it. All this stuff is artificial. You got you can't compare yourself to other people. The same way you can't be smoking cigarettes and eating McDonald's every day. Right. Again, that's how I was able to relate it. Right. So. In most cases or in all cases, like I had mentioned earlier, there's no like one set diet. Right. So. Just like in a regular diet, too much of something can be bad for someone else and also too much of another thing can be bad for someone else, right? It, it, it varies from person to person. In this case, right, 
happiness can be bad in a certain sense. I know you're probably like, what the heck? I thought being happy all the time was good. Well, it actually isn't. And one study that I had found, it shows that this study had concluded that excessive value of happiness can cause a person to feel less happy. I know that sounds a little weird. Stick with me, right? So in some cases, um, when you just associate a certain symptom or a certain feeling with happiness, even though it doesn't really make you happy or whether you value it too much, it would actually lead to depression in the long term, obviously, as it compounds on each other. So what that really means is they found evidence showing that just the value of happiness itself, not even the actual feeling, is worse than the feeling. So like how I was mentioning the process version on social media, right? Let's just use this just stick with that example to make it pretty even. Like the value of happiness when you're like, yes, this should be making me happy or this will make me happy. It's almost like having that dopamine release, right? You you know that scrolling through social media is going to have that really short-term like happiness, but then as soon as you're off social media, it's like that huge dump. You had this big this big dopamine release and all of a sudden it just dumps, right? So a lot of times we don't even get the, we don't even actually experience the happiness. We just experience the, the value, the feeling of wanting happiness. And that is enough to actually release dopamine and actually completely dump it. And this study is showing that just that feeling itself is, has a bigger dopamine release than the actual feeling of real happiness. So pretty much to even put that in a better perspective, scrolling through social media, wishing you had someone else's life is releasing more dopamine than like pretty much hugging your family right or eating dinner with your wife or something like that something that should be intimate and actually give you true happiness isn't giving you true happiness because you're finding all this fake stuff online or whatever you might value as happiness yourself right so the pursuit of happiness can be bad which is kind of crazy to think about so overvaluing your happiness right like i had just mentioned with the dopamine release um it's almost like i mean i've never done drugs but it's almost like having if you've ever seen someone with drugs they get hooked on and they binge on it, right? So they overconsume it. They're really high for a second and then they drop off and it's like a big hit rock bottom. You feel like shit. That same thing happens with happiness. When you value it too much and you don't actually experience, like you're always chasing the dragon. You're always like chasing some imaginary level of happiness that you're never going to achieve because you value it too much and it's not realistic. What happens then is you never really hit that moment even though you try so much you, you scroll through so much social media, you, you smoke so many cigarettes, yet you're never going to reach that happiness that you believe should be should be occurring. What happens then is you drop off and you feel completely empty, right? It's just another way I like to put it for you. So how does this relate to happiness? I was like, what the heck? I thought when I, I thought when you said happiness, you're going to be telling me like, oh, how to be happy, how to do this. Well, that's not necessarily what I was trying to do here. What I was trying to do is actually kind of show you the effects of happiness, right? what it can do and what it can't do for you not necessarily how to be happy but how can we relate to having too much of it or what can we do about having too much of it what can we do about having too little of it to kind of help you realize that there's a difference between artificial versions of it and real versions of it and a lot of us are experiencing that artificial version like i had already mentioned so when it comes to overstimulating your head like that that's where it becomes unhealthy when you overstimulate your brain too much of anything obviously anything dopamine or even not even just dopamine, any emotion that's where it becomes really negative but here specifically in happiness i feel like it's the worst personally because you you feel like you hit this peak happy moment and then it only lasts for a few seconds right and then it drops off the reason why i bring that up is because overstimulation for a long period of time 
obviously is worse. So overstimulating over recurrent events that last short term is obviously bad. You don't want that. But re overstimulating for long periods of time reoccurringly is where it becomes it's most heavily affected, right? What I mean by that is pretty much I'll just bring up the study to kind of help explain it so I don't butcher it. There's this psychologist. Her name's Barbara. Uh, I'm not going to exactly quote it word for word, but what she was trying to say is too much positive emotion just as well as too little negative emotion is where it kind of hinders our actual like decision-making skills is uh, the best way I could explain it. What that means to kind of put that into perspective is it kind of makes us inflexible and doesn't really help us deal with situations the same way we normally would. Um, I kind of made a little example on the side note is like, I'll just go ahead and quote it. It says, Hey Isaac, I found the, found out your wife was cheating on you. Your kids took every last dime. And by the way, your mom was murdered. How would you react to that? Right? The way I reacted to it, quote unquote, the way I reacted to it was, Hey, that's great news to hear. The reason why that's bad is obviously because I mean, that just sounds kind of freaking psychopathic, mm-hmm. but to kind of put that into like a more realistic um, perspective, all that really means is that you've overstimulated so much that you pretend to be happy too long or you find too much artificial versions of it that you're at the point where you can't really deal with what happens with the real situation. So you tell yourself like, hey, this is this is a, an A situation and you're feeling a B way. Um, I know that's kind of weird to understand and it's kind of challenging for me to really understand too when I found this out, but being overstimulated on a certain emotion is going to hinder your ability to face new challenges. And that even happens with anger, which is why people have quote unquote anger issues or fear, which hinders your ability to make certain decisions in the same way with sadness and happiness, being happy too long will hinder your ability to make certain, I guess, decisions. The way I related this to the, to diet was like when you eat a certain food for so long, or you eat like crap for so long, when you start to eat good or even vice versa, it completely affects you when you go the opposite direction, right? So when you over when you overeat too much and then you try to eat too good all at once, you're gonna feel the effects right away. Or when you try when you eat so good for so long and then you have like a cheat meal out of nowhere and you overeat it, then you which is called binging, then you feel like shit right away. It kind of goes back and forth, right? You can't binge a certain emotion, otherwise it's obviously just gonna be all bad. So that's a really good point. I would also like to say that um, it's really important as well. You're really going in depth on the happiness portion. You did a great job, by the way. It's also important. You can't fully understand or comprehend happiness if you don't understand the other emotions, which are sadness and anger and fear. These are like the base emotions, right? And I think at the end, it's really important you touched on that example. Like, that's great news to hear. Well, if you don't understand sadness, if you don't understand anger, that's exactly the type of answer you're going to like get, right? Like, oh, that's great news to hear because you don't, you don't, you're coming, you're not coming from an understanding perspective. So I think the most important thing to touch on here is it's really, if you go back to the core of emotion, what the only things that trigger like fluctuations between emotions are experiences. You're probably thinking to yourself, duh, that's like an obvious answer, but it's very, very important because different experiences give you different stimulations of emotions. For example, I don't know, someone cuts you off on, on the road, right? You're you're probably stimulated with a little bit of anger. But I think it's really important that uh, Isaac touched on this base palette. Obviously, there's not a specific palette that's fit for everybody, but it's very important that you understand how you react to scenarios so you can build the best palette for yourself. Yeah. 
So with that being said, when you're really stimulated on a specific emotion, understand it, go through with it and, and comprehend it and then go back to your base palette and see what you need to do, what you need to fix or your, your fixing factor, right? Whatever it be, reading a book, watching a movie, hanging out with family, whatever it is, do that and it can help you. Right. It's important to understand that we all need different amounts. Of course, like I had mentioned from the beginning, we all need different amounts of nutrition in our diets, just as we all need different amounts of emotion. It kind of depends on, I guess, case for case by case uh, situations like your job, your family, home life. Like some jobs just require a certain amount of a different type of emotion. It just law enforcement, you know, for example, it requires a whole different palette of emotion versus when you're at home. So it's kind of weird to switch up your diet really often like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's also important to understand that there is many there's many different types of happiness, right? So there's like joy, excitement, uh, pride, optimism, contentment. All these different things are like the micronutrients that I had mentioned from the beginning. Those are all things you also got to consider, right? Instead of just looking, focusing on too much on the macro, over consuming a macronutrient, you also got to realize that your body needs those micros uh, in order to be fully happy, to actually fully complete your diet and have the proper emotional nutrition to succeed to perform at your peak emotional performance and that's kind of what i have to have about happiness my point is just being aware of what you need most and um what you don't need and to kind of understand the overstimulation factor don't value happiness for what you see outside or on the media value happiness for what you need personally right so your life isn't some like rock star jets and cars and all that stuff right at least right now right you could have that one day but at least right now that's not your life so you got to understand that your stimulation is different and you got to be happy with what you got and then gradually grow from there you can't just add a whole whole different nutrient you can't just go keto out of nowhere and same reason why you can't just go from keto straight to eating hella carbs at once right so it kind of just has to do with something like that yes so that's a great takeaway on happiness And what my portion was anger. So now we can go in depth on some anger here. So if you search up on Google, you do a quick little Google search and you look up what is anger. This is the definition. I'll read it to you here. Anger is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Anger creates energy surges. And when the energy surge occurs, chemicals such as adrenaline enter your bloodstream, your heart increases, and your blood flow increases. Your muscles tense, losing your temper affects your cardiac health it can shorten your life when it's sustained everyone gets angry sometimes but handling anger well can help you stay healthy so this is what you look up you're instantly coming from the perspective that you know anger is bad i need to control my anger which is obviously it makes sense but this is where i come from i'll I'll give you my perspective to say and you guys are probably going to jump jump on it real quick and be like, what are you talking about? This is this doesn't make sense, but just give me a moment to explain and then you'll hear. So I like breaking it down here into two categories. There's controlled and uncontrolled anger. So I'll, I'll give you an example here on the uncontrolled anger side of things. It's, it's mainly like the uncertainties of life. For example, like I mentioned before, uh, a driver cutting you off on the roadway or like if you're a kid in high school, someone bullying you or et cetera. The actions of others that you essentially cannot control. This is uncontrolled anger, of course. There's no escape from this, although you can mitigate the feeling or of annoyance or frustration these experiences give you, but it kind of just all depends on, obviously, the person you are. And on the flip side, this is where you guys are going to be like, what are you talking about, dude? You have controlled anger. So this is 
an example would be like stuck at a, a job you don't enjoy or any self-inflicting feeling of anger you aren't capable of changing yourself. Mm. Now, this is where it gets interesting because if you use the effects of anger to do the opposite of what it essentially does to like a, a normal average person, right? It, it, it tempts you, like just makes you get this very unmotivating feeling. Instead, be annoyed at you staying stagnant at that job that you're worried about. Or, as stated before, anger is a surge of energy. So when this happens, you can control it and put that to things that actually motivate you. So that's really where I wanted to come from my perspective and explain this, is you can use anger to really just be able to attack things differently and be angry at occurrences in your life. Like I said, that job or you want to get to a better place, you want to get out of the gutter get angry at that and let that motivate you. Like I need to do this or else don't give yourself a second option. Go to that Island and burn the ships because you're not leaving. Like you need to fix this issue and address it and, and plain and simple. And it's very important. And I think it's, um, it's very, very important that Isaac touched on this. And it's something I, I kind of really am understanding today is don't overstimulate it because obviously then the balance is thrown off. If you do this method too hard, you know, you're going to come from a different experience and then it's just going to go all south and you're not going to know how to handle it. So obviously you need to learn how to balance it and just come from an understanding perspective to say the least. And, um, as mentioned before, uh, Philip did have sadness. Juan had, um, fear, which are other two emotions that are kind of, that are kind of go hand in hand with, uh, anger as well. But for the time being of today's podcast, we kind of got recording a little late. So this would just be part one to the series. We will do part two to the series probably next week and we'll go more in in depth on theirs. Other than that, Isaac, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? Uh, No, honestly, I um, when it comes to the happiness part, I kind of said what I wanted to say. It's just I, what I found after doing a lot of research and also just noticing things myself is it really comes to the overstimulation of certain emotions, which you'll really find out comes into a large effect when it comes to fear and and sadness. Those ones are probably one of the biggest ones for me when it comes to overstimulating um, ones that come really easy to stimulate and um, really harmful when you do overstimulate them. So definitely listen around for part two of this. I know we got recording late. This is going to be a short, quick episode, but hopefully you got some value um, I'm not the greatest at explaining information. I'd rather write information or kind of have time to explain it a different way. I like to use examples, so I'm sorry if you don't like that. Anyways, uh, hopefully I got through to you. Hopefully Joaquin got through to you and you can understand your emotion a little bit differently, at least when it comes to anger and happiness. Really understand the definition and what they do for you. Understand when the proper time to use them in is, when to use them is and how to use them. It becomes really important when you pay attention to that. So just pay attention to your emotional palate. See how much happiness you really need. See how much anger you, you need in a certain situation if you even need any at all, right? So make sure you look at your emotional diet and assess what's necessary and um and what you could take out because sometimes you just don't need all that garbage. So anyways, that's going to be it. We're going to go ahead and, like I said, this is going to be part one. Part two will be next week. And... If you enjoyed the episode, of course, like I said in the beginning, go ahead and make sure you give us a quick rating. Thank you very much for listening. This is episode, I believe, 40. 
So the big forty, dude. The big forty, pretty awesome. Came a long way. Came a very long way. So, thank you very much. I hope everyone has a great whatever day this is for you today. Have a great morning. Have a great evening. Have a great night. Whenever you listen to this, we love you and uh, appreciate you. Thank you. Peace. Bye.